Hello and welcome to the Finergo FinTalks podcast, where we connect you to the latest in regtech, compliance, anti-money laundering activity. My name is Dan Nasigadu, and I'm your host. Today, we're talking about all things crypto, examining why these virtual assets are under such intense regulatory scrutiny, how crypto firms are working to meet regulatory demands, and how they're paving the way for the future of crypto. I'm joined by Pazi Matalainen, CEO of CoinMotion, a pioneering crypto company that is changing the way retail investors look at cryptocurrency. Hi, Pazi. Thank you for joining me today. Can you just tell us a bit more about yourself and why crypto is so central to CoinMotion? Uh, well, thank you for the invitation for, uh, first. Uh, very happy to be here and to discuss these topics with you. Uh, I ho- hope that this is also uh, useful for the audience. Um, CoinMotion is a, is an 11-year-old company in the uh, in the uh, cryptocurrency sector. We are one one of the oldest globally, actually. And and uh, CoinMotion was originally started as um, as a company to uh, advance Bitcoin adoption in Finland. And we have grown pretty much uh, from those those origins. But uh, Bitcoin and cryptos, of, co- of course, are in our uh, DNA as a company. And, and we want to help, help our customers to fi- find the best opportunities, the best use cases uh, to manage, manage their crypto wealth uh, in, a, in a safe and secure manner, uh, while also be, uh, making sure that the uh, customers are in, protected also from the, uh, in, in a sense that we, we operate compliantly, we uh, follow the, the KYC AML, regulation and, and keep keep our customers in safe position in that sense as well great can you just, that's that's really good to hear can we just dig a bit more into, into your history though because i heard that you're you're one of the real pioneers of crypto in in europe and, and especially in finland right you've been involved in the space for a long time so how has how have you seen uh crypto evolve over the past decade or so yeah like i said as a company coin motion is one of one of the pioneers uh, and uh and uh, it was started started in 12, uh, 2012 and uh, uh, originally we experimented as a company a lot of the different ways of uh, of offering uh, a different bitcoin and cryptocurrency services to the customers we we used to even have a physical uh, uh, coins that acted as hardware wallets. Uh, it, we had the Denarium brand, which which was uh, pretty much on par with the Casasius brand uh, back in the day. Uh, and uh, we have been exploring different ways of of do, doing this. And and personally, I have been in the space. Uh, I have uh, well more than twenty years in the IT marketing, uh, diff- different kind of companies. Uh, and now more than five years in, at CoinMotion, I started with uh, in the technology team, uh, and and now I have been as the interim CEO for a couple of couple of months now. And uh, I, I come from uh, Austrian economics background myself. I, I have been uh, before I heard about Bitcoin. I, I before Bitcoin was invented, I was uh, I was one of these gold bucks that gold gold is the future of money and. And, and now, of course, we have evolved a, a bit. Bitcoin is already a be- better option for the future of money than than gold ever was. Well, it's uh, digital gold, right? That's that's the yeah, that's yes. the selling point. Yes, but it's better <laughs> better than the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think that's that's one of the real uh, arguments by by crypto proponents, right? Is digital money, uh, Bitcoin, is way better than anything that fiat currency can offer. 
Um, can I just ask why? Why to you is it so much better than than fiat currency and regular gold? Uh, well, of course, here in Bitcoin we go to the, back to the fundamentals in this question that it's uh, well limited uh, limited uh, supply, uh, uh, enforced uh, uh, scarcity that we don't see in in fiat. Of course, in gold we have have scarcity, but we don't know how much exactly. We don't know how much gold there is in the ground, and it's unpredictable supply. Uh, there are the other di- uh, difficulties with uh, gold, like uh, keeping it safe, uh, transferring it, uh, dividing it into smaller pieces. Uh, and, and then, of course, there's paper gold, uh, fraudulent gold uh, in, in some cases. Uh, so Bitcoin solves all or, or blockchain solve all of these issues, ma- making it enforced by the, by the protocol, enforced by the code that no one can counterfeit it, no, no one can uh, do uh, fraudulent things with, with it directly. And, and fiat currencies, of course, they, uh, they have unlimited sub- supply, basically, uh, and other, other issues, centralized entities behind them, so, uh, which historically have caused many issues. Uh, fiat currencies have limited lifetimes, but Bitcoin is, to, is, is forever. Basically. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with uh, with infinite supply causing issues. I think we're all feeling that <laughs> in the world at the moment. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 really, that's really interesting. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. I mean, blockchain technology, as I understand it, has has kind of existed for quite a while, um, in t- from from like pre Bitcoin era, and there's there's a, there's a pattern that I'm seeing lately that blockchain AI quantum computing these are like three of the major technologies that really seem like they're going to shape the future of the world um, what is it about and and also they're they're the ones that are rotating through popular media I mean AI is having its time in the sun right now uh, with generative AI and chat GPT but crypto is still doing its thing it's still very much uh, a very high velocity industry with lots of very exciting things happening. Why is it that you're so? What is it about blockchain that makes you so certain that it's the future of finance? Is it is it that enforced scarcity? Is it that knowledge that we have real limitations around how much there is? So, you know, you can't have anyone really like monopolizing the entire supply, or is it is it something different? Uh, well, the things you mentioned they are of course the uh, uh, important uh, points from the systemic point of view that we have uh, a finite supply. We have enforced rules that uh, no, no one can uh, manip- manipulate towards their own ends or, or uh, circumvent in, in, in one way or another. So everyone is playing by the same rules, basically. That's one of the most important things. But uh, from uh, uh, everyday point of view, from a normal person's point of view, uh, I think uh, finance, money, uh, those are the things that affect one way or another every, everyone's life, daily life. So it's uh, it's very important that uh, that uh, these blockchain protocols they have equal access, every uh, un- uncensored access, so that ev- everyone, uh, regardless of their background, uh, religion, ethnicity, uh, uh, social class, anything like that, they can uh, access the uh, access blockchains, access the protocols without anyone impeding them. They have equal access and they have the same rights in the system. Okay, that's, that's that's really great. And how how is Coin Motion working to to facilitate that future and that goal? 
Uh, well, one of the most important things is, of course, lowering the barrier of entry. Uh, still, uh, blockchain technology uh, ha has a lot of technical uh, details that are uh, a little bit difficult for for uh, non-technical people. So uh, we are making them easy to use. We are making them safe to use uh, and say safe to. Uh, we offer uh, trading and uh, custody services at CoinMotion um, mainly, uh, other services as well, but trading and custody are the are most important things. And, and we hel help uh, our individual and business customers to navigate through the t technical challenges in, in, in these technologies and make it easier and safer to use for them. Okay, fantastic. And I mean, back in 2021, uh, crypto as a whole saw a real boom in popularity. You know, it was making headlines that felt like every other week as Bitcoin hit new all-time highs basically every other week. How has the volatility of that asset had an impact on investing in not just Bitcoin, but other cryptocurrencies and the crypto landscape as a whole? From Because obviously you're, you're well positioned to, to see that with your, your platform. Uh, yes, of course, we have come a long way since 2021. Uh, the boom boom was uh, very strong back then. And then the, uh, the bust that followed was quite deep as well. The volume, volumes have, have come, come down significantly in, in all of the market, uh, especially with the things that happened uh, last year uh, in the industry, uh, FTX, Terra Luna, uh, mm. 3AC, these other cases, uh, which uh, eroded the confidence uh, of the public uh, in the sector uh, to, some, to some extent. Uh, and volumes have, have been lower. But I, I think currently what we are witnessing in the market now, uh, especially um, the SEC uh, Binance case, SEC Coinbase case, uh, the response uh, in the market has been rather limited, actually. Uh, now now uh, Bitcoin actually uh, recovered from the uh, small bump that uh, downwards that it had a couple of days ago, yesterday. Uh, and uh, I, to me, that's, this shows that uh, um, we are at the bottom or near it, that, uh, that uh, the weak, let's say, weak hands are out of the market uh, pretty much. Uh, we have diamond hand, we diamond hands. We have strong, strong hands in the market, and and we might be uh, as the Bitcoin halving cycle also is. Uh, we we are going to have the halving uh, next year, less than a year from now. So let let's see how the market turns out. But uh, some people say that we are nearing nearing the uh, next bull market already. Oh. But uh, you, you said the Bitcoin halving cycle. Just for anyone who's not really familiar with that, can you just explain what that is, that process? Uh, yes. Uh, Bit Bitcoin halving cycle refers to the fact that uh, the uh, block reward for the miners, uh, uh, how many bit new Bitcoin they uh, get uh, when mining a new block, that uh, reward halves every four years or approximately every four years. Actually, it's uh, 210,000 blocks, which is the limit for that. And well, it started uh, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, it started with 50, uh, 50 Bitcoin for each block. Now, uh, for the past three years, it has been 6.25 uh, Bitcoin for every block for, to the miners. And uh, sometime next April, 
2024, it's going to uh, halve half from from the current value until until uh, this halvening happens every uh, approximately every four years until uh, let's say uh, 2140 uh, when when uh, the bl- last halving happens and, and then uh, the miners will only receive the transaction fees already in the next uh, halving cycle uh, or it's actually happened now recently that uh, the Transaction fees have actually uh, many many times have been larger already than the block reward, and the ne- after the next halving, it's becoming more and more common that the block reward is actually not not the main source of the miners' income anymore, but the transaction fees, and that's that's the healthy state for the uh, Bitcoin network. Okay, I, I didn't realize it wasn't until twenty one forty that the the final halvening would happen. That's a very long time. Very, it's very interesting to think that that won't happen in my lifetime. Uh, that's that's incredible. Um, Let, let's see about that. I, I'm planning <laughs> to live until then and enjoy the party. Uh, <laughs> the party is going to be epic. I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I, I mean, if I'm lucky, I'll, I'll live into my 150s. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, uh, so so I mean, that's really interesting. You said that you think there's going to be another bull run as well because. The last bull run, I think, was one of the major reasons why, especially as there was more retail uh, investor um, excitement about about cryptocurrency and about blockchain technology. I think that was one of the real triggering events for the SEC, for example, and other major regulators to take a very close and very critical look at crypto. Do you think that that is was overdue? Do you think that they are taking too close a look, or do you think that um, that they need to really kind of let uh, crypto do its thing and and you know accept that it's a new type of technology and that it can't necessarily be regulated the same way as fiat currency? Uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, of course, the market, the industry uh, is still very young. Uh, Bitcoin has been around for fourteen years. And, and many of these other cryptocurrencies are uh, even young, younger than that. Uh, some of the most popular are even only a few years old. And uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, different ways of operating, a lot of uh, different approaches to the blockchains and, and the technology itself in, in the industry. And uh, the re- regulators, of course, always lag a little bit behind. They, they have to uh, familiarize themselves with the, with the industry that they are going to regulate. But over, overall, I think that now, now that uh, we are at this point, the regulation is, uh, we already have some regulation, but uh, new, new regulation is coming in. That's a good thing for the industry. Uh, especially in the in the EU, EU we have this uh, MICA regulation, markets in crypto assets regulation coming in force in, in one and a half years approximately. That's a good thing for the industry and it, it really helps uh, also the institutional players to uh, uh, join, join the uh, market and, and invest and uh, create new products and services uh, based on cryptos for their own customers as, as well. So... Uh, I think retail is going to be a big uh, uh, part of the next bull run as well, but the, uh, uh, but the institutional uh, players are going to be even bigger than the last time. Okay, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I agree that institutional players are going to be even bigger than last time. I think last time uh, institutional players like Goldman, for example, they they were very maybe a little bit hesitant, but also setting 
you know, you know, hedging their bets a little bit. Whereas I think now the the value is proven. But speaking of value, that that's something I always found very interesting about the bull runs in crypto in crypto in general, is the value is always translated to fiat currency value. Obviously, the the escape velocity for crypto to be its own its own unique currency that is valued in, intrinsically is it needs to move away from comparative value. So how do you think, do you think that could happen at all? Or do you think it will always be examined in relation to fiat currency, especially based on what you said earlier about fiat having a finite lifetime, right? Whereas crypto, not so much. Uh, these things take time, of course. Uh, personally, I have considered uh, one Bitcoin to be worth one Bitcoin for, for many years. 1BTC equals 1BTC. I, I don't care that much about the uh, fiat price. But uh, th- these are really major changes in the society and economy that are happening right now, uh, considering the whole macroeconomic situation that we are, the uh, wars, uh, other uh, bad things that are happening. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I believe that uh, the next step uh, in, in this uh, journey towards uh, Bitcoin becoming the, or, or the uh, link between Bitcoin and cryptos and the fiat uh, pricing uh, uh, getting to the next phase is that now, now we are already seeing that uh, re- especially renewable energy sources, uh, waste energy, these ki- uh, and other kinds of uh, remote energy sources are being more and more uh, bootstrapped by Bitcoin mining. Uh, and... Uh, uh, Energy companies are very interested in collaborating with Bitcoin mining companies for, uh, for example, ba- balancing the grid uh, because, uh, of course, wind, solar, these are very variable sources of energy and, and having a variable load on the grid like Bitcoin mining that has, can be turned off and turned back on in a very short time frame is, is very flexible demand. Uh, for the for these uh, energy sources, and and I think we are approaching a point that some energy companies will start pricing uh, their electricity in Bitcoin, and, and that that's where it will begin that uh, the uh, Bitcoin prices are going to start happen. It it might be five or ten years off, but we we are going to see that that energy companies are, are going to price electricity in Bitcoin and, and that, that then uh, flows to the rest of the economy over time, decade, decades. But it takes time, but that's that's the way I, I see how it's going to go. Well, I mean, that's that's incredible. I mean, that would really make uh, Bitcoin about crypto more generally. That would show real utility, right? If pricing is for energy, I mean, that's, that's like a fundamental fundamental bill for everyone right uh if that starts being done in bitcoin then i think that's going to really change the game full stop for for the world for the world economy um, yeah yeah and it's it's especially especially very interesting from the point of view of the environmental concerns because uh there's a lot of talk that bitcoin consumes a lot of energy and it's bad for the environment but it really comes down to the how, how the electricity is produced and now not how it's used. And we are actually now finding out that uh, Bitcoin mining can uh, actually help environment a lot by uh, by helping uh, renewable energy sources to become more viable, uh, helping to mitigate the issues that they present to the electric grids, and then uh, uh, 
using different kinds of waste energy, like uh, uh, flared methane in, in the oil fields. A uh, lo- lot of good positive envir- environmental effects and, and actually Bitcoin mining, uh, which is blamed for being dirty, it's, it's actually, actually becoming cleaner and cleaner all the time. And I, I think we are going to see uh, uh, sort of th- these uh, aims, environmental and, and blockchain uh, objectives are coming closer together. Well, that's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, maybe at some point we'll have to have another conversation around um, cryptocurrency and environmental and social goods uh, regulations. But I just, I just wanted to pull back a little bit to some more um, financial regulations for a second. So obviously, uh, virtual asset service providers as a term is relatively new. I think uh, 2018, 2019 is when, is when that start term really started to kick off. And CoinMotion has been established as one and licensed as one since, I think, 2019. Is that correct? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Great. And I'm just, I'm just curious, how have having targeted regulations that you have to deal with specifically as a virtual asset service provider changed how you operate in the space and how you operate as a financial company? Uh, in, in some ways, uh, it, it did change how, how we operate. And in other ways, it didn't. Uh, it, it turned out when uh, 2019 we were implementing the uh, uh, regulations. At the same time, we also got in, in Finland, we got the payment institution license as well, around the same time as we got the VASP license. Uh, and some, some of the re- regulations are overlapping. But uh, of course, our uh, KYC AML uh, processes uh, became more pronounced and more elaborate. We spent a lot of time defining those uh, and implementing those. That th- those things uh, existed in in more minimal form before that. Uh, but then, on the other hand, how we, for example, store uh, uh, or custody customer funds, th- those things actually didn't change. That our existing practices were actually uh, stronger than the regulation required, and and this is also a. a Part of the of the VASP regulation that differs uh, uh, country to country. Uh, in, in different countries, they have different requirements uh, in, in, for the custody, how, how the custody is organized. And in Finland, it's pretty strict, but for example, in South, Southern Europe, uh, the, the regulations are a little bit more rules. So there are differences in different between different countries. VASPs actually. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So I think one of one of the things around uh, fiat currency regulation is regulatory harmonization has been like a really big discussion point for for years, and how having those different requirements has actually been a, a negative in, in the end. And really, people want to see like essentially one level of regulation across multiple borders. And I think with with crypto, that's especially difficult, right? Because crypto is borderless by design. And operate and moves easily between borders um, without really having to go through anyone. So, I guess uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is sorry, is that you said that the um, the custody requirements that you had, the custody uh, process that you have in place at CoinMotion, was superior to the to the regulatory minimums. So, how important is it for companies like CoinMotion? to and other VASPs to work closely with the regulator to make sure they fully understand um, how to how to properly provide custody for these things and what these requirements should actually be. 
uh, I, I think it's very important to have this uh, uh, continuous uh, discussion uh, between between the industry and the regulators. Uh, the uh, knowledge that we have in the industry it's very specialized, uh, and uh, and uh, of course. Um, I, I know that in, uh, with the regulator side and the uh, supervisory authority side, they have a lot, a lot of great people who are very knowledgeable about the, about the industry. But uh, certain things come with experience, and we can help each other. Uh, crypto companies, on the other hand, have uh, limited history in in uh, being, for example, compliant. So uh, the industry has 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 had to learn. Uh, when the regulations have increased, uh, it's like different. For example, bank has that, that has existed for 100 years or 200 years. They already have the experience on how being compliant. So uh, crypto companies need to learn that. And I, I think this uh, relationship that helps both sides, that the regulators can and supervisors can learn from the crypto companies with what how how, the, how things actually work. And then, of course, discussing how, how to implement the regulations and how to how to interpret them is is important for the companies to get from the regulator side. Great. And so, so one of the things I've always found interesting about crypto is how it always kind of attracted anarchist types, let's say, uh, people who are very freedom focused, wanting to to move away from uh, centralized powers and from centralized money, which you know. Fair play. I, I completely understand why they would want to do that. But one of one of the issues, I think, uh, well, one of the difficulties that I, that I see cropping up in that space is when you have to comply with KYC, when you have to comply with AML checks, you lose some of some of that um, chaotic freedom. Let's say, right? It's that people are starting having to be um, recognized by maybe not a centralized power, but they're starting to have their information more closely centralized. Uh, how have you really navigated that with, you know, essentially the early crypto pioneers who are still the biggest proponents of crypto? Uh, that that's a very good question. Uh, personally, I, I fall into this category as uh, as well. I, I'm I'm an anarchist, uh, uh, but um, I, I think uh, this. Uh, Crypto old guard OGs uh, and and more technically at uh, savvy persons often are anarchists are quite deep into the technology themselves. They have different ways to access the crypto market and access to these assets. Uh, we as a company and I, and the other players uh, like us who. Uh, actually want to work with the regulators and ha- want to have a, a, a good regulatory framework for the industry. I think we are uh, looking more at the mainstream customer and the businesses that operate in, in the economy. So uh, I, I don't think it's in any way contradictory uh, with uh, being an anarchist or, or crypto, crypto punk or any anything like that. They are... They, uh, it's uh, for the general adoption. It's important that all, also those people who are not anarchists have access to these uh, protocols and blockchains and, and can utilize them in, in their uh, everyday life. And also the businesses can can create services and products on top of these technologies. So re- regulatory environment is very important for those types. No, I I completely agree with that because I remember years ago. 
uh, I, when I first started hearing about Bitcoin when I was still in uni, uh, I looked into how can I buy some Bitcoin because I think it was it wasn't even a dollar at that point. And it was just so difficult and inscrutable. And I didn't know anything about tech at the time that for me, I was like, I looked and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't do anything with this. But now, now, you know, with, with companies like yourselves, I can just, you know, put a photo of myself, show them my ID and within what, 10 minutes start buying Bitcoin, buying Ethereum, buying whatever crypto token that is listed. Right. And in very easy ways and in very secure ways. Uh, so, so I guess, what it boils down to is essentially companies like yourself are working to protect and working to give access to the retail consumer. Yes, that, that's uh, that's a very nice way to put it, and it, I think I believe it's very important uh, to have uh, different kind of services for different kind of people. Uh, it's it's not it's not like we uh, there, there could be a, a government uh, Bitcoin or crypto office that that. Uh, gives one kind of access to the market for anyone. I think there need to be different kind of uh, operators, different kind of service providers to cater the needs for uh, different uh, customer groups. Yeah, although arguably some governments are trying to do that with CBDCs, right? Uh, But but again, I think that's another discussion for another time. Uh, So uh, so I've got a couple more questions for you. One is that regulations for crypto firms have really been focused on creating alignment with fiat companies i think i think that's a, a pretty accurate way of, of categorizing most regulation that we've seen come in uh, over the past few years how do you see the future of crypto compliance developing and and what do you think is necessary for good compliance and what do you think is possible uh to actually implement while still retaining those uh those elements of crypto that matter. So, so for example, like the the, the permissionless way to to transact. Uh, of course, one of the important things uh, is uh, the borderless nature that you mentioned before in the discussion. That the regulations cannot be too localized. Now, now the VASP regulation is different from country to country. But I think it's very good thing that we will get in one and a half years the uh, micro regulation which is uh, the same in, in all of Europe, in all of European Union. So uh, I, I think this is a good direction that we will uh, get more, more uh, of this uh, regulatory clarity in the sense that uh, the larger areas ha- have the same regulation in place. Of course, I don't know if we are going to get a global clarity on this uh, is at, a, at any point. But it's important that at least, for example, in the EU, in in, in the US, and, and these large markets, the regulatory uh, clarity is is on on a sufficient level. When it comes down to the uh, permissionless nature of Bitcoin and other cryptos, um, th- those are things that cannot be really regulated away. Uh, no, no regulator can uh, can uh, affect how Bitcoin actually works. The regulations have to take into account that what's the reality of, of these protocols and and how how they can be uh, changed if they can be changed, uh, and that's also why why I think the healthy um, discussion between uh, regulators and the industry is important so that these uh, some some of these basic. Uh, 
constraints that what what's possible to even change or regulate are are considered well enough do you think regulators are aware of that i i think they are i i, I think they are uh, and uh, we have had uh, in the past month i had uh, had a good discussion with one of the regulators myself and uh, we had a really i i think um they they had a really good understanding on how, how the technology actually works. Okay, fantastic. So there's just one last question, which is, which and also this this makes a lot more sense to me now that I know that you're a self-confirmed uh, anarchist in the crypto space. But on your on your LinkedIn, it says uh, Bitcoin plus technology plus AI equals liberty. How do you see those three elements like tying together to change the world? Why why do you think that those three things are so important to liberty uh well well i believe that uh, the hi- history of uh history of uh, um, humanity shows that when when power becomes too centralized when uh, one person or one group gets too much power it it leads to bad things we are seeing that already in the, in, uh, as of now as well with the war in europe uh, russia's war in europe um horrible things and this is what historically happens when power gets too centralized uh it's i i consider it unavoidable so uh bitcoin is especially is a very important thing in that that it takes the power of money away from uh, central banks in the long run i i do believe that uh with the uh, financial system it leverages the, the or it distributes the power to all participants in the economy the individuals the companies the miners everyone has equal access uh to the uh to the blockchain uh ais on the on the other hand um they make uh, potentially the in other ways they uh, grant equal access to technology when when especially with these uh, large language models chat gpt uh, and the next advances that are coming they make uh, really hard things uh, accessible to uh, people with uh, limited background knowledge uh, uh, so everyone can become a more productive member of the society through this and it it's gonna even more level the playing field that uh, regardless of your background you can have better possibilities better opportunities to participate in in in, in this hum- humanity how how humanity will evolve everyone's gonna have a bigger say thanks to bitcoin and thanks to ais o- of course there are risks as well uh, especially in the ai people talk about existential threats but I, li- I like to focus on the positive opportunities that this present. And I, I think AI can change the world. Bitcoin can change the world. And uh, I think for the better. For it, sounds like, it sounds like you think both technologies are really important to the idea of democratization of power, essentially. Yes, yes, yeah. you would say that. I think, I think that's, that's, that's a great note to end on. So, uh, Pazzi, thank you so much for joining me. Um, if people want to find out more about you and more about CoinMotion, where can they find you? Where should they go to get more information? Well, CoinMotion.com, uh, our website is, is the is the place to go. Of course, we are present. I, I'm in Twitter. The company is on Twitter, so there, there you can find topical information or, or thoughts. 
but yes, uh, it was uh, it was a pleasure. Uh, thanks for the invitation. It was good discussing with you and good, good stuff. Great. Thanks so much, Pasi. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Finergo Fintalks. I'm Damna Sigadu, and I've been joined by Pasi Maitalainen, the CEO of CoinMotion. Make sure to subscribe to the show. It's available wherever you choose to get your podcasts, and you can always find us at finergo.com.